Hi guys, just wanted to let you know that today we're going to be discussing a very heavy topic and we're going to have unbeeped curse words. So if you happen to have small children around or don't want others listening in on this language, please be mindful of that and listen to us when you're on your own. You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey everyone, we're back to In the Open uh, with America and Teresa. What's up everybody? Today's topic, we're in a series right now on grief. Uh, If you haven't joined us for the last couple episodes, the first one was on denial and the next one was on bargaining. And today we're going to talk about anger. The title of the podcast is fuck it all, which when you think about what it is that you look up on the internet, like nobody would look up stuff that didn't include the word fuck in it, because I think that is how it feels and what you say when you're experiencing grief and anger in particular. Yeah. I did say I hate you. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with all of this. I'm done with all of this. I hate all of this. And fuck it all. Fuck this. Fuck you. Yeah. I think these, um, for me, when I get to this place of, of fuck it all, like I have no more energy to put into thinking about this, talking about this. I don't even want to have anything to do with this thing. And it's a, a full blob of red hot energy. That I just, if if poked, it could burn others. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's helpful to break down. Let's let's talk about like when I respond with anger, why do I respond with anger? I think I've responded with anger when with regards to what I'm grieving, when somebody asks me a question, is it because it makes me angry or it's because it's not where I am? Or I even realized something, some kind of attack has happened, right? It's like, if, you, if you've been following me, I'm a survivor of childhood abuse. And when I've talked to people about childhood abuse, one of the questions people keep asking is like, what does justice look like for you? <laughs> what do you want to happen? And that makes me mad as an adult survivor, because I'm in my mind, I'm like, you had your chance to do something when I needed it the most, when I was a a kid with no power but now I have my whole life in front of me like your timing is off screw you or if or if somebody says something to me about it and this is like when somebody said something when I think about when I was little I used to get angry because it was also a different way for me to control what was happening to me like I used to I used to daydream about how I would hurt somebody who hurt me Hmm. And I, there was no way that I could do anything about it, but it did make me feel better that I was moving my energy towards anger and not self-hatred. Did you- Which was bargaining. Did you know back then that, is it your adult brain right now that's telling you what, what I had experienced back then was anger? Or did you know back then, oh, I'm so mad, you know? Oh yeah, no, I knew it was anger. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I knew I felt angry. I feel like what I'm trying to do is move my energy from somewhere that takes up a lot of brain 
mm-hmm. in my head, which like bargaining does, you know, when you're like, what if, and like, what is this going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And like, when I finally get to a place, you're right. When I'm so tired, it's like, fuck it. I kind of feel part of that is giving yourself permission. Like you may be caring about something else or you going through this motion of what ifs, right? But also getting into this place of just saying like, I don't want to have to do anything about this anymore. And when, yeah, it's like this visceral reaction. Yeah. You're right. Your original statement was anger comes from a place where you've hit your limit. Mm-hmm. Like, Because when you're talking about the questions that are asked, what comes to mind is one redundancy. Like, why do I have to explain this thing again? Why? Why, do, can't, why can't you grasp it the first time? Why couldn't you grasp it when it happened? Right? Then the other thing is, I don't need you to sit there and pretend to care. That's where my anger comes in. And even if it's supposedly a nice thing that you're doing, because of everything else, I don't have the capacity to be able to receive it in a well-meaning way. Like I'm so over it and done with the fact that I don't need it. Well, do you find that you get stuck there and it's hard to get out of anger? (laughs) Yes. Just in my personality, a part of my way of processing is... It takes time for me to move past anger in in any situation, really, because I need to feel whatever it is I need to feel and then take the time to just give space, one, between me and whatever situation it is, and then be able to walk away and say, what what happened there? Because too easily I can... I can be like pulled into living in that anger for days. And because of that, I think I try, I try very hard to not really sit in it because it could go sideways Mm. for me. So how, how long will you hold on to anger? (laughs) Um, So I don't even remember when I made this statement at some point in our podcast history, but for new folks, I'm a grudge holder. Yes, I was totally thinking that. (laughs) Yes. So I can hold on to anger for a very long time if I don't address it. And think back to, do you remember in April 2020 when you said this thing and you did this thing? And people would be like, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. And I'd be like, actually, it was three o'clock in the afternoon after we had this conversation. (laughs) So I'm telling you. I can sit in that for a long time. So I try, I try through all of the tools that I have in place to address whatever it is that I'm feeling before I get to this place of anger. And when it's tied to grief, it's even worse because that grief is tied to already to a negative experience. Yeah. So it just like, it doubles down on how heavy that feeling can be. That's so interesting. I feel like we're finally getting into the groove here with the series because are you a denier or a bargainer or an anger person? It sounds like, do you quickly move through denial and bargaining and get to anger and then just sit there? <laughs> I think I can be. Um, but that's because I, it anger is an easier feeling for me to tap into. Yeah. I I know we've talked about that where I'll say like, oh, I get angry, but 
I don't think anger is my natural stance. I'm definitely a bargainer denier. Yeah, I don't hold on to grudges. I don't. (laughs) So when you're sad about a situation, you're like angry about a situation. What does this anger phase look like for you? Because I gave you examples. I said anger for me looks like saying screw you. I hate you. And then daydreaming about all the things I'm going to do to people (laughs) who have hurt me. Um, But then I don't stay in it long. I'm like, I'll just go back to beating myself up. No, anger for me looks like uh, I think I get to be a very vengeful person in that space to be like, this thing happened. You did this thing. So I'll just make a note of that. And then when you need me in some way, I'll say no. So what what's happening in your head when you're like, you're what's like- happening in my head is okay. Part of it is protection. No, 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 no. Like, what are the actual thoughts? You're like, oh, you want to... My actual thought is, oh, hell no. You have no right to do this. It's not right. And now the next step is, okay, this is how it's going to be. Then my stance is, fuck it. So so somebody... Somebody hurt you. You don't you don't sit a long time and like, did that actually happen? You move pretty quickly. Like, no, that happened to me. That happened. Yeah. That's real. And you're yeah. not like, well, what if I had said this or that? And you go straight to no, you did that. And so that's interesting. So to have and sit in anger, you have to have clarity of mind. You have to know that what happened to you is not your fault. And that's interesting. And you, So your yeah, brain is I, able to move there. Yes. I can quickly go from... I, I may have to double check, right? And be like, did that really happen? Hold uh-huh. on. Let me let me run through this real quick. And then immediately I'm like, no, no, no. Confirmed. Done. It's done. This sucker, like, th- they did something wrong. And okay. then I immediately go into action. What happens for you when you're grieving something out of your control? Like, can you tap back to a time in your life where you lost somebody close to you when you when when you had to grieve something that you did not there was no party it was like an act of god i tend to be a person who plans right immediately i think of different op- different situations where i've been in that ha- that has happened i start thinking how can i be useful that's how- not anger no it's not anger how can i be useful um But when I get to this place of what the hell just happened and what can I do, I think what happens is my anger becomes present in the way that I talk to people. And so if somebody says something similar to what you were saying, you know, like somebody may have some well-meaning moments and say something and it's like, okay, the other is, um, I'm going to say I take up swords, okay? And this is how I describe that. Okay. So let's say somebody is, is there, we're living the same situation. They're like, oh, well, no, that, that didn't happen that way. It's like, are you effing crazy? yo? No. And that's me taking up swords and like, I will knock this down until I get you to understand that what you have said is wrong and I will defend my position. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I do get angry. I can think of a recent situation where I lost something and you're right. I didn't spend time like day. I mean, I did fleeting moments of like, 
oh, this is your fault. Like you did this. Like whose fault is it? And mm. gosh damn it, I'm pissed at you. You know, like so yeah. Or if somebody even like a bystander gets sucked down to it, my angry face looks like resting bitch face. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not. There's nothing in me to try to be, to try to pretend. And that it's so interesting because in these moments of conversations, like I can tell that you can sit in two spaces at the same time. Cause you know, like when you're grieving something, people come up and be like, Oh, I want to talk to you about it. Like, can you tell me how it was or what were the details of that situation? Mm -hmm. And like, I can experience anger and denial all at the same time. Like I can tell I have a rising anger, which is why I say why I'm acting curt with somebody, but I will just say like, I don't want to talk about it. And when I say I don't want to talk about it, it's because I actively know that I want to deny that it happened and ignore it so that mm. I don't have to deal with the details because but, the details are upsetting. Yeah. Even in this conversation and my thinking back to these different situations, I have a visceral feeling of how it is in that moment. And I just get um, like a fire in my stomach that I'm just like, no, dude. I am not going to allow this crap to happen. Is it allow this crap to happen or is it even allow this conversation to be had? <laughs> all of that. All that crap is all that conversation. Yeah. You looking at me like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. no, we're done. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is too many times conversation exists in that you're in one stage and the other and you're like magically next week you're in stage two of grief <laughs> and it's like no man that's not how it works you like ebb and flow between all these stages and it's not like monday you're fine everything's hunky-dory and whatever and then tomorrow you're just angry yeah. That, yeah, that could be the case but tomorrow i could go through bargaining i could go through anger i could go through acceptance it's just tidbits of time and moments of time right that ultimately help us get through the day. And don't you find that you're grieving a lot of things all at the same time? All so, the time. So like grieving something exacerbates or triggers the way that you the way you grieve for something else. Like I am mad about X, but I could tell I'm projecting that into my anger for something else. Oh yeah. I really am protective of other people. I think in many ways, much more than I am protective of myself. Uh -huh. And because of that, I will find myself in situations where I end up putting myself in the middle and saying, oh, you want to hurt somebody? You can hurt me because I, I can take it. And in my doing so, yes, I'm putting myself in harm's way, but I also know I have the capacity to be able to tell somebody, you know what? F you, dude, and be okay with it. But within that same idea is I ask myself why I'm so willing to do that for others and not so willing to do that for myself. I know it is, it is interesting, especially because as a person who leans towards anger, I would have guessed you would have had more capacity, for example, to do for yourself than most. I think I can. It depends on who I'm interacting with. Because then feelings of guilt, shame come in, especially if it maybe is tied to like someone that I really care about. I'm like, oh, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. 
And that's where that bargaining is like, and then the other side of my person is like, what are you stupid? Yeah, they meant it that way, you moron. Mm. No, that's really interesting. So the way you're saying that your bargaining versus your anger plays itself out is dependent on how much you care about someone to Mm -hmm. give them the benefit of the bargaining, which I think is totally true. Yeah. How do you get out of it? Uh, Time and space, man. We keep saying that. Yeah, we keep saying that. But I also, okay, I was I would call myself out because yes, that's true. But the the first thing that has to happen before I even get to that place, I gotta let it out somehow. So, unfortunately, uh, (laughs) it's not always nice, you know. So I'd just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you. Get the fuck away from me. And those are my cues. Like I put up the wall now. It's not nicely done where I'm like, you know, I think I need time to process this. <laughs> Even though I would like to get to that place, I don't think in my worst moments, that's what my reaction is. But you do. So you say you kind of. So for me, I don't I don't think I sit in anger for a long time. So it doesn't cause me a ton of distress. But you know that you sit in anger for a long time. You build grudges. It causes mm-hmm. other problems in your life. Like, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of grudge holding? Does somebody have to call you out on it? Do you, like, basically explode at your f- friends and then you have to deal with the fallout of it? Or No, I will tell people. That's one of, that's one of my things. You know, like, if I'm upset and I, and I haven't shared it with you, there's going to come a moment where I say, this thing has happened. Yeah, you verbalize it. You have to verbalize it I to move to. on. Even if it sounds angry. That's interesting. Okay. If yeah. I don't verbalize it, then it will live on for seven years and you and I will not have a very good relationship. Okay. That's interesting. I almost never verbalize my anger. Yeah, because you say this, right, about the and then fact I let that it go. And yeah, I move you let on it go. To some other you let it stew yeah. and then something else happens and then inevitably you're like super pissed off about all these things combined. Yeah, so? (laughs) I just don't ever do anything about it. Yeah, I'll probably let it stew until it blows up, but I need it for it to blow up, to have the courage to say something. So if I never address it, that's why I'm living with decades-long problems (laughs) instead of having week-long problems. Yeah. It's true. It's true. You're right. You're right. I think it's a, you know, like for you, for the, for our listeners, you know, to get them to understand what this looks like. Because what you're saying is anger helps you do the externalizing. Anger of the stages of grief is the externalizing stage. It's the opportunity you have to address to someone else something that happened. Otherwise, depression is not going to give you that courage. Bargaining, denial, and acceptance doesn't even help res- resolution unless you resolve and then you do the thing like you. And that's my thing, too. I've spent my whole life in in denial, bargaining, depression and acceptance. I I don't I'm not an anger person. And I think it's because I'm an avoider. I don't I don't want to have to confront the other people on the other side of the grief that I experience. I think that's a very important distinction. Teresa, that people have to understand in the scenarios that I that I kind of talk about and, and I am focusing on in my mind, there is an opportunity for me to verbalize whatever it is that I'm feeling. But 
it may not always be the case that you have that opportunity. It's just this external situation that exists and nothing can be done. So you know how you were saying you process different types of grief at the same time. That's also part of that because it gets added to the grief that you already feel. Yeah. I think that my avoidant personality is a reason why I'm not in anger as well. Like anger takes a lot of energy and it's an activating emotion. Like at least for me, is that true for you? When you feel anger, does it make you feel activated to make some change? Yes. I think that's why I don't tap into anger. Yeah. Cause then you have to do something with it. Yeah. I don't have the energy. It's twofold. It's one. I don't want to. And then two, I can't. Mm-hmm. I have to move on to acceptance or bargaining or denial or depression because I I just don't have it in me to try to make change. I barely am holding it together to take care of the things I need to take care of, like my job and my finances. <laughs> yeah. I need to just move on, you know? So I can't I can't stay in anger to like to find out the more overarching systemic reason why I need to drop everything and focus on this thing. You know what I mean? Or I don't know. Yeah. Or or I move to depression where I'm just like, oh, forget it. I'm just sad about this. And if I'm in a depressed episode, I move very quickly from anger to, to depression. But when I'm in my normal state, I can just tell that I'm avoidant of anger because I, I, I feel uncomfortable with the pressure I feel inside to do something about it. Because there is something in my brain when I'm in the anger stage where I'm like, fine, you're angry. Then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go call this person? You're going to go, <laughs> you're going to go protest? You're going to go call your senator? Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do any of this. <laughs> and then I, I feel guilty about it. So then it's like, not only does the anger bring me the fact that I know I can't I physically don't have the energy to go respond or do what I need to do. I then also feel guilty that I can't. And that and guilt is probably an element of grief that isn't talked a lot about. Yeah. But I then I feel guilty. What I appreciate about this conversation is that we really are talking about the experience across the spectrum, right? Where I I can totally understand where your take is I don't have any energy. So there is no good. There is no good that will come out of me even really going into that anger space and sitting in that anger space because it's going to come back and it's going to bite you in the tuchus because nothing will come of it. Whereas for me, I have to get to that angry place to be able to do something about it and I can't get, I can't move forward until I address it, which it's not a good or bad thing. You know, that I don't think that's the discussion here. It's just about understanding what is useful to you and what ultimately you can take away from that so that you can in some way move past X period of time in your life. Yeah. As with all stages. It's okay to feel that way. (laughs) Just keep unpacking why you're there and what it means for your grief and what you have control over and how we lean in and what popped out at at you today is like particularly insightful. I think what, what sticks out the most for me is this idea that you may not always have the 
the capacity to handle all of these things all at once. So you can only do what you can. Take little tidbits and deal with it. If you can't deal with it, then give yourself that that time. That's what's really important for me. This is not just it's going to it's going to happen and that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Keep on fighting in the open and we hope something here resonated with you. All right. We'll talk to you all next week.